you would like to turn to Psalm 98, how uh, this psalm came to my attention was um, Harmony Hill. Uh, the uh, theme verse this year was Ephesians 5.19, speaking to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so I read a lot of the Psalms, and, and I, I read Psalms that specifically talk about singing. This is one that I uh, considered whether I might use it as in, in part of the devotional messages. I was asked to bring the, the five devotional messages this year, and just wasn't able to, to uh, use it And as I was meditating and, and praying last night, then this, this Psalm came back to, to my attention. And I think that uh, the reason why is, is as I have over the last maybe probably uh, eight months, uh, really thought uh, the, that, that verse in Ephesians 5.19, it's, it's just been on my heart for, for many months. And as you know, uh, I love to sing. Many of you likewise love to sing. It's, a, it's something that uh, the Lord has uh, given to His people to be very passionate about. It's great joy. And, and I've thought, though, as I've, as I've thought through that, more about the words in the hymns that we sing. Um, when you grow up in the church, uh, I've been taken to church since I was an infant, sung these songs all my life. I can sing most of them completely from memory. Um, I really don't need the, the hymnal in most cases. And for many of you, that's, that's likewise the case. And, and it's easy to sing hymns where, we're not, where I, I'll just say myself, not always really thinking about the words. So as I began to be challenged, I believe, to, to really think more about the words, it's been very special it's been a special season, many months of, of great, greater rejoicing in, in many of the things. This morning I, I experienced that again, experienced some of the lyrics in ways that I would not, not experienced them before and, and enjoyed the blessing of that. And so we, uh, we find ourselves in Psalm 98 and as I have been studying, I've studied a lot about Old Testament music. How was singing done in the Old Testament? And this, this season, for me, that is the Harmony Hill and Kent Mariah season, I don't always get to do both. But for our, it's been more than 35, we're getting close to nearly 40 years, when I've been enabled to, to get away from the world for a week of singing, and in a week of, of preaching, and I'm, this year I was down at camp, and, and uh, the Lord really knows how to do things. I'm not going to talk about my finger. Y'all can listen to the camp message about that. But, but when we were down there in the, the new 50-amp hookups, that means I'm so far down the hill, I have, virtu- I have no access to the Internet. And, and I, you know, I, when he got up and said something about the submarine, I, I, I saw a headline. I didn't, you know, I'm just I'm very, very much away from what's going on in the world. And in the, those seasons where you just get rid of all of those cares, all of those thoughts, it, it's so refreshing. And, and it's so, so beautiful and so joyful 
there were one night while we were singing at camp, uh, before you said this, the night before, I got up and, and I walked back through the cloud on my way to the restroom. I, we, he and I, we always sit up at the very front. And, and it's different in the back. And as I walk back towards the front, I tell you what, it's, it's, there's something very powerful uh, about it, beyond just the volume. And, but then that night you got up and, and said, uh, if y'all could sit up front and hear, hear the sound of this, you, you'd all want to be up front. Not everybody can, I understand that. But I wonder at what it's going to be, really going to be like in glory. Um, we, we know, the Bible says, I have not seen, you have not heard the things that await. You, you really, we don't know. You, we imagine, that's good. But it is, it is going to be, be I, it's really going to be beyond our wildest imagination. You can't, it's, it, it's a little bit like trying uh, well, we get pieces of it, right? We, we have what, part of what makes events like Harmony Hill, camp, uh, special church meetings, those things are so special, is because we, we have these great, these larger assemblies to, to come together. And, and you just, you hear the, 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 uh, uh, the majesty of that. Imagine what it's going to be like when it's millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, probably billions of God's saints all in glory and lift up their voice. And, you know, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. My voice won't be any more limited by the constraints of, of this body. And the fact of the matter is... What's it going to be like to sing in a glorified body that's no longer affected by sin? I suspect that that one change alone will be incredibly magnificent. So as we think about the, this, this psalm and, and how that there are so many types and shadows in the Old Testament... This psalm really gives us some of those, those great types. And in some ways, there's still something held out for us that's even beyond. Because many of the psalms are the types that are fulfilled in the New Testament. Or, or many of the prophecies of the Old Testament. We, in, in the, in the uh, worship of the Old Testament, the temple worship, the tabernacle worship, uh, the sacrifices, the priesthood, we understand how those types are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so he says here, verse 1, O sing unto the Lord a new song, for He hath done marvelous things. Now this is David all the way back in the Old Testament. But when I read the next verse, you have to understand exactly the marvelous thing he's talking about. And it's, he's seeing it as a type. He's, he's writing about it here as a type. Uh, and the antitype is so obviously when he says, His right hand and His holy arm hath gotten Him the victory, that's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. He is the right hand. You know, the right hand is, is the, the, the hand of power, the, the hand of work, the hand that gets things done. It's the hand of strength. It's the arm that is the strongest. That's Jesus Christ. 
And he says, The Lord hath made known His salvation. His righteousness hath He openly showed in the sight of the heathen. Well, in some sense we're the heathen, and in another sense we're not. The Jews at this time would have said, Yes, all you Gentiles are the heathen. But you're not heathen anymore. God hath openly showed His righteousness in the sight of, of us. And He has brought us into His kingdom. He has, he has, as the New Testament says, it's translated us out of darkness into His marvelous kingdom, into His light. He hath remembered His mercy and His truth toward the house of Israel. Well, that's this church. That's every church of the Lord. You are a member of this great, this great mighty nation, this great kingdom, which in the temple worship, they came together at least three times a year to have these, these great worship services to the Lord. And, and Jerusalem would be filled with literally millions of people. And, and thousands and tens of thousands of them would, would crowd into the temple area where they would lift up their voice in song. And can you imagine how that must have sounded and what that would have sounded like? And I'm here to tell you that when we get to glory, it'll be even better. And then in some sense, that Old Testament picture where the whole kingdom comes together, that kind of type we sort of see in the New Testament church. But there's also a sense in which we'll never totally see it till we're in glory. The whole kingdom of God will all be gathered together in one place with every saint from every age, from everywhere in the world, will all be in one place to worship the God, the God of salvation in His temple. And He has remembered His mercy and His truth toward the house of Israel. Then He says, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Now at the time this was written, uh, this was written with a kingdom that really salvation didn't go really beyond it. There were people here and there that were, that were part of, of God's eternal plan of salvation from other kingdoms, but for the most part, it was just the kingdom of Israel. But the psalmist says that when this is fulfilled, the whole earth is going to see that. And we've lived long enough to see that that salvation has spread over all the earth. And that we go from, well, somewhere, let's see, the ends of the earth. I invite you to come to Crosbyton, Texas. <laughs> see? The Lord's done it. And if, you have, if you've been there, you know I'm telling you the truth. And if you haven't been there, you'll come and say, he was telling the truth. <laughs> so that's the God that we serve. It is amazing that our Lord has erected His church in all of these different places around the world. And it is, it is a, a sweet fellowship and a sweet bond and a sweet joy and a sweet love that fills the hearts and souls of God's people. Now, this next verse, uh, you're probably going to recognize that this is my verse. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise. Right there. That was all the, that's all the encouragement I need. Okay? Right there. 
make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. You know, there is something special about how God inhabits the hearts of His people. And how that they are so moved that you don't really even, you know, this verse is there so that when you read it, it's like, yeah, that's what's going on. But the Lord has already done it in there to bring that out, to bring out the, the joy and the noise and the praise and the, the, uh, the, the, the swelling affection and love for God's work within our hearts. And he goes on to say, Sing unto the Lord with the, with the harp, with the harp and the voice of psalm, with trumpets and sound of cornet. Make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. You know, there is something about music that, that, that you can't help but be drawn to it. And he's saying that and when you play like that, there is a, there is a volume to it. And there is, there is something that, that grabs the, the, the affections and the mind. Um, and and he, he is likening here, and, and we understand from the New Testament that there is, in the same sense that we could see this outwardly, you've all been profoundly affected by music, whether you know it or not. If you've ever watched a movie and you can't see how somebody's feeling, right? Because you're not living in their thoughts. You can't hear what they're thinking or what they're feeling, but that music, you know exactly how they feel. You know if they're feeling love. You know if they're feeling fear. You know if there's excitement. And this is uh, the, the it, something about how God has uh, ordained, ordered, given to us music. And He is telling us here that this is what's going on in our hearts. The New Testament, right? So that uh, Ephesians 5.19, when He says, singing and making melody. And that word melody is from the Greek word solo. And solo, by the time of the New Testament, it, it meant to sing. Some translations say melody, others say music. But if you go back and you look at the origin of that word, it meant to pluck, like an instrument. And when you begin to look at these types and these shadows of the Old Testament coming to the New, you realize, what, what's the instrument that is the antitype of, of this? Well, it's the heart. You sing and make melody on the instrument, the one instrument and the only instrument that is filled with the Spirit of God. That is our hearts. And so he says, make a joyful sound. Where? Before the Lord, the King. That's what we've done this morning. We have lifted up our voice and made a, a joyful sound before the Lord, our King. And I, uh, I recognize that uh, those of us who've been to camp, as Brother Brian said, you know, we're all riding on a pretty high mountain. And it is impossible to stay on that mount forever. There, there is a coming down eventually. But, every, but what makes those events possible is that every week, every Lord's Day, every Sunday, today, right now, in this room, is a going right back up again to that mountain. To the Lord, the King. And if, if we are not 
conscious. And we need it at some level, maybe it's subconscious, but there, I hope from time to time, there is a real conscious thinking of, that's what I'm doing. I'm going up to see my king. I'm going up to worship him. I'm going up to, to, to bring my praise before him because his right arm, his son who has sat down at his right hand, had gotten him the victory. It's my victory. It's not a victory I got for myself, but it's a victory He won for me. It's a victory He won for you. It's a victory over sin. It's a victory over death. It's a victory over all the problems of this world. you got a lot of problems. You've got a lot of struggles. And we're going to have a lot of them ahead of us. So where do we come to, in a special way, receive then that grace Grace is always available. Grace is always given to His people. But there's something about... God says it's in my church. It's a special place where I dispense my Spirit and I dispense my grace. And He says, let this... Now, again, notice the types here. Let the sea roar. He's he's not talking about uh, the Sea of Galilee, which was roaring that night. And when they were in that boat or the, or the oceans, he's talking about the sea, the vast sea of God's people. And he says, let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, the world. In other words, this is what he's talking about, all the people in the world. And they that dwell therein, let the floods. If you've ever witnessed floods that suddenly come raging through, if you ever get caught in one, then you would certainly be terrified by it. But he says, let the floods clap their hands, meaning floods of people. Floods of people who come flooding before the Lord to worship Him. Let the hills be joyful forever. I wanted to use this at Harmony Hill. just didn't get there, right? Let the hill, those who come up before the Lord. And in Jerusalem, the temple was on a hill, the Temple Mount, on Mount Moriah. But let all the hills where people come up to worship the Lord be joyful together. And he says, uh, let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the earth. Well, that's Jesus Christ. He judged the earth in righteousness in his first coming. He will judge the earth in righteousness in his second coming. He is judging the earth in righteousness right now. And he says, with righteousness shall he judge the world. Remember. Remember, tomorrow, next week, the week after, when you start looking at the world and you see this isn't right. When you see, because it says here, He will judge the world and the people with equity. If you haven't noticed that word floating around, all right, out there, out in the world, if you begin to examine what they mean by it, they don't mean equity. That's not what, they, they talk a good game. They don't mean it. There's only one person who judges the world in true equity, meaning in things that are right, things that are equal, things that are true, things that are upright. There is one judge of the world. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, and there is none other, and He will judge. That's the God whom we serve. May God bless us to continue to do so.